What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, behaves! What, uh, what's going to get more of your eyeballs this weekend? The Senior Bowl or the Pro Bowl? Uh, Eldrick Tiger Woods. Yeah, or, or Eldrick Tiger Woods. I, I'd go Tiger, Senior Bowl, Pro Bowl. I, I'm not a big Pro Bowl guy. I'm not either. But Is anybody? You know, the, the Pro Bowl does average like more viewers than the majority of NBA playoff games. So, I mean, people watch it. You know, I wonder if they're, re- they're liking it while they're doing it. More boredom, probably. Yeah. Habits. You know, it's just it's a habit. It's like Sundays. Oh, there's football. I'd say, like, if the only chance the Pro Bowl would be in any jeopardy of, like, struggling, if I told you Tiger Woods is in the lead on Sunday, right? Yeah. At Torrey Pines. Yeah. So far this morning, I saw him bird, make a birdie and miss a birdie. So he's he's coming. All right. Uh, recording this on a Friday. Wearing our Untuck It shirts. Ooh, it's great to have Untuck It on the podcast. Go support it. Untuckit.com. Use the promo code HAM. Get 20% off a great quality shirt that's going to fit you. Over uh, 50 fit combinations to find something for everybody. Yep. Just go to Untuckit.com, guy. Use our promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. And uh, get 20% off. How do, you, how do you beat that? And uh, you, you don't. Brought to you by MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM. Yep. Go gamble. Get your gamble on. We got college basketball games this weekend. You can gamble uh, on the Pro Bowl for sure. Ton of uh, Super Bowl props. Yeah. One thing I'm starting to like is uh, just keep an eye on Sony Michelle. Five touchdowns last two games. You get him at like twenty to one. What if he has a three touchdown game? So you're talking Super Bowl MVP. I'm talking Super Bowl MVP. Kind of like that. If he gets a hundred yards and three touchdowns, because the one thing you know Hell, the Patriots do right. Yeah, two touchdowns. Like they, they have zero shame. Like. They're at the one like they don't need to force. This isn't the Seattle Seahawks. They're not going to force a pass, <laughs> right? Yeah. That being said, I love the uh, 
<laughs> the Patriots in this game. So what, what were I, the uh, we we're talking about? Well, we can talk about this. The girly odds. What are the girly odds on it? Yeah, like fifteen to one. Also, I like that. A little bit though. I might maybe a sucker bet though. I mean, he's been hurt, played like shit. Maybe it's just this ain't his year right now. Just believe what our eyes are telling us. Yeah, I mean, why not go CJ? They've proven they will ride CJ Anderson. CJ could end up with 77 yards, and he could be the one with three touchdowns from the one-yard yeah. line. I, I did see McVay. Maybe he's just trying to be a good coach slash person, like, you know, said all the cliche. We believe in Todd. Like, Todd is going to – I mean, this is a Super Bowl. He's going to carry the rock. Like, we're going to give him the ball. You know, this isn't – we just – the ebb and flow of that game, we just went away from him. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think people would say, like, what, what ebb is ever not flowing for Todd Gert? Like, he's in every ebb and every flow. I know. Like, he can play in any game. It was weird. It was weird. I, I just know this. If he has another, like, 20-yard total game, like, they are not going to be the Patriots, right? He's got to be somewhat of a factor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, You so a, a bunch of stuff, Niners and Raiders to get to today and some Cowboys. Uh, we woke up on Friday <laughs> – we woke up on Friday. Antonio Brown wants to be a 49er. Uh, from Turks and Caicos, he's thinking about the 49ers, posting a Jerry, the, the, the same Jerry Rice quote. It's nothing new. He's a little, he's a little, he's this is getting a little too desperate for my taste, John. It's a red flag to me how much he wants to be on the 49ers, which I don't even think he wants to be on the 49ers. I just think he found somebody connected him to a team, and it's an easy one to mess with the Steelers and get some attention. When are the Habermans headed to Turks and Caicos? That's a great question. Uh, what time zone is that in? What, what time, what's the hour difference? Could you even get in the vicinity if I just gave you a world map of where Turks and Caicos is? Well, it's in the Caribbean, right? Is it? I, I don't I, know. I've always like, I think you so. could say it's like next to New Zealand. I don't know. You could say <laughs> it's in like uh, fucking next to Spain. I I have zero clue. None. None. Did you watch Fire yet? It's the southeast of the uh, Bahamas. No, Fire is Friday night's uh, Friday night's uh, watch. Well, he's uh, so the but okay, so it's down in that area where Pablo used to own an island. I think Richard Branson owns an island down there. Like there are islands for sale. It's like just real estate. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think there was a story Pro Football Talk tweeted out that you know the offers have not been great. Of course they're not good. Any anytime you let out that you have a now again, you, people in the league know, but when it becomes as public as it gets. You lose all your value. Remember when it became clear like four or five years ago that Chip wanted no part of Deshaun, and Deshaun was still really sweet, and they just ended up having to cut him? Now, this is a little different. Like, and I'm not – Antonio's a much better player, and Deshaun was good, you know, a Pro Bowl level guy. I mean, Antonio's like a Hall of Fame level. But when everyone knows that you hate him, you want to get rid of him, and then on top of that he makes a lot of money, and he's just a pain in the ass, different cat – just, I, I would imagine the offers guy have been shitty. Like, if you told me the best thing they've received is like, we'll give you our third round pick, I, I would not say that's inconceivable. Because I, I think the casual fan just got, oh, Antonio Brown, I'm a first rounder, you know? Right. Clearly not, because no if they were getting first round offers, he'd be traded already. Although Martavis Bryant did say he was a great teammate, so you got that vote of confidence. That's a good guy to have your back. Yeah. You know, what did uh, Ray Rice chime in or anyone else? <laughs> well, hold on. That's, that's, that's a different that's category. Me, that's me. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm just thinking, I almost said Greg Hart. That's unfair. That's unfair. <laughs> just, you know, a little pot. 
And I'm not anti-pot, so you're right. You're right. Uh, no, neither is Joe Montana. No, he's not. Neither is anyone with some cash right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that I I think there's a chance they end up figuring it out, and he's not like he's not a lock to get traded to me. But I also think this. Sometimes, did Gruden say this or someone in football like you never go broke making a profit? Is that a Gruden thing? I think he told like Luck that in a quarterback camp, like about Spider Two Y Banana. The point of throwing it to the fullback is like you like gaining five yards is fine. You know, people always want to take the the honey hole shot and go deep, as Bill Musgrave would say. But you, you don't go broke taking getting yards, like right? I mean, to get a first down, you don't need 30 yards. You just need to get 10. Right. So over three downs, you just need to get a couple yards here and there. But I think the best example is sometimes teams can get greedy with their star players, and with which when they're ready to move on, we saw it with Earl Thomas. Like they're gonna let him walk anyway. Now, depending on how much he gets, maybe they get a compensatory pick, but. I think it's pretty clear they could have got rid of him last year for a second round pick, right? That's but Brian. That's ins- Brian Hoyer Brown's level of value. That's pretty crazy. They, they were insistent that they wanted a first rounder, and then he ends up breaking his leg, and now you're going to get, you know, potentially like a fourth round compensatory pick. Here's the one thing I would say, though, to your point on the door still being open to Antonio Brown returning to the Steelers, and ne- the only time he's ever a Niner is in an Instagram post. Um. Did he derail their season this year? Do you think they lost a game, or did they fail because not because he wasn't there, but just because of his, just because of the circus? Because I think they handle as an organization this thing pretty well. Because what, what I was do a know, bigger, what was a bigger circus, him or Le'Veon? Le'Veon, and they had James Conner, so that didn't end up being it. Well, probably him because he was in the building, right? I mean, guy, they sat him the last game of the season. Yeah, so it was him, not Le'Veon. Because the Le'Veon thing was over pretty quickly for them when it turned out James Conner was good. And remember, the players were like, well, yeah, we don't care about him. We're just right away from like week one. He ain't here. We don't give a shit. But that's my question for them. It's like You, it's, have, to pr- you have to practice with Antonio. Right? He had 50, you, have to, you have to eat lunch with him. He had a career high in touchdowns this year. Well, yeah. I mean, he produced. Well, that's so that's my question. Is like, is there a chance? How many touchdowns, that, he, many touchdowns does he have? 15? Yeah. I mean, 15 touchdowns, guy. Like, you have a good season if you have an eight. 15's a shitload. You're basically averaging a touchdown a game. Well, he did. Well, because he, he only play played 15 games. games. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... that's my question. It's like, in the end, it's a pain in the ass. But is he... Is he? There's a chance Not he's like, good, good enough that he's delivering guy, to you more than he's taking. How many players in NFL history have had over 50 touchdowns, probably? 15? <laughs> right? I mean, it's probably not a huge number. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, let's... I don't know if you can query it on, like, football reference, but it's... I mean, it just shows you. I, it just He's an incredible player. Like, that's... You can argue... Like, right now, the Giants called the 49ers and said, we'll give you Odell Beckham for your 36th pick this year and a first-rounder next year. Like, it's not a no-brainer. I'd do it, but you're like, well, he gets hurt a lot. He's only played in... 60% of the games of the last three years. His production doesn't sniff like A.B.'s. So, like, the one thing you will give Antonio Brown, the motherfucker just plays. So, and he dominates. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 100 and... 
67 there's been 167 15 touchdown seasons in the NFL and a lot uh, some repeat offenders yeah so you have some guys do it like you know guys do it multiple times Emmett um Emmett had 25 Emmett had 25 in 1995 I would imagine you're right there were probably a lot of running backs between like the early 80s and late 90s that just racked up 20 plus or 15 plus there's some great like Garrett Blunt did it two years ago had 18 uh, Gronk did it in 2011. Sterling one Sharp thing, did one, it 18. One, Sterling Sharp did it. Sterling Sharp, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the running back, did it in 1997. You know what's a lot different nowadays than it feels like back then? Like if Emmett Smith was your running back, and he just carried you down the field, he was a lock to get the goal line carrier or whatever. Now, like the second string running back was basically like a eighth man on the NBA team, like. You kind of knew your role. Now they're kind of intermixed. Doesn't it feel that yeah. more? Yeah. Like just because Todd, you have Todd Gurley, even if he's humming, you might he might just be tired. You just don't always give him the goal line carry. Just more difficult now. It's true. I'm just looking for receivers just recently. So like this By year, T-O. four guys did 15, but Antonio was the only receiver. Um, Gurley, David Johnson, Legarrett, Zeke, Marshawn, Dez. Okay, Dez had 16 in 2014. Cowboy record, I think, for receiver. Jimmy Graham had 16 in 2013 in New Orleans. So it is an incredible feat by a receiver, right? It is. That's yep. one thing's clear. Like Gronk, it happens once every couple of years. Yeah, Calvin Johnson did 16 in 2011. Wow, Jordy did 15 in 2011. He was good. Yeah. So don't sleep on a white Dwayne guy. Dwayne Bow had fifteen in two thousand ten. Also, you know, underrated. Nah, not really underrated. Properly rated career. Out. Yeah, just that was a great season for him. I, I will be floored if Antonio Brown is in San Francisco. I do not see it happening unless they'll just give him away. If they give him away, then you take him. Would you think one hundred percent the Niners would trade for him? No, said, I think if round, if you gave give us your third round pick, no, third round pick, no. That's pretty hard to pass up. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if we said everyone, anyone can have him for a third, their thirds are good third. Are they the I team that I I do think like it would be okay. I would understand why fans would be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" It's a third round pick. Like, I get second. I wouldn't do it either. Probably, no, I wouldn't. But a third, it's like, come on, guys. But I'm just what saying, if you're asking, do I think they would do it, is I'm Kyle the most think, likely guy to do would. it? Now, this is where being the Pro Bowl coach instead of the uh, Senior Bowl coach can help you if you're thinking about taking Antonio Brown. Could you get him at the Pro Bowl? Yeah, you have to be around him at the Pro Bowl. Really see his work this. ethic up I, close. I, I just think a lot, the relationships of the Pro Bowl are always pretty good. Yeah. You know? Everyone's pretty happy. Well, that's where the Pro Bowl might might be able to trick you a little bit. You know? I remember that when the Chiefs did it one year, Nagy sent me some pictures of like his kid with Odo Beckham. Yeah, because obviously you take your kid. I mean, they were like, you know, like pigs and shit. Just you should you should, you should tweet that photo out right now and be like, "Is Odell on his way to the Browns?" Yeah, you never pre-existing know. relationship. Like maybe Nagy's kid will be like Flip Saunders' kid. Everyone like everyone loves him. All the all the former players like what a what a man you know he's like thirty was he thirty thirty two I guess he's thirty I, I find myself rooting for him well, of course he's dapping up every player every player no like Gilbert Arenas is commenting on his Instagram photos 
just another skinny white guy, you know, from a wealthy family, you know, <laughs> getting under, some breaks. Under 35, yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about the other part of the 49ers thing, and this is the guy who's not around, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Jimmy, it feels like they're putting a little pressure on him. In it, It's comfortable pressure, I think, it, as comfortable as it can be, appropriate. But What does what pressure do, guy? It uh, bursts pipes and, and cracks skulls. What's the saying? <laughs> yeah, bur- it, 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 pressure can do two things. It can burst pipes or make diamonds. Uh, this is what John Lynch said about about it. Uh, Kyle, we I all like got together. skulls. Kyle, we all got together and said, this can't be a wasted year in terms from the neck up, in terms of talking football. That was one of the hard things. Jimmy needs to play. He hasn't played a ton of games. How can you try and recreate that? How can you grow from the neck up? in your football acumen, his ability, and experience in the system. you got to be on the field. And, and I like this because, as we've talked about, some you know, we talk about this with injury-prone players. Sometimes just stuff happens. But regardless of how much of it was your fault, was it 80% your fault, was it 100% your fault, was it 20% your fault, the fact is he has not played a lot of football games. He has been paid a lot of money. And they're ready for their, their investment to start returning. So I'm, I think it's great. I mean, I, I got no problem with this. He has to play. He you you cannot, you know, go down this situation with a guy with self-inflicted wounds. One like if it was a freak deal, like Derek Carr a couple years ago when he had his ankle broken, you can't no, nothing you could do, right? You're just like fuck. You, I don't even think John would have said that if it was an injury like that, right? Just a freakish deal. Part of this was like it was on Jimmy. Like, Jimmy, what were you doing on the sideline? Now, I'm not exactly Dr. M.D. Middlecoff, but I've always believed, and I think you are too, that like ACLs and Achilles, and again, doctors have actually told me I'm wrong. We're bound to pop. <laughs> you know, like, what could this have easily happened to him in OTAs or just any time? Like, was it bound to go? But the reason this one went was because instead of going out of bounds, he literally tried to stay inbounds, Earl Campbell style, and lower his shoulder. And as he was doing that, like, I, I would imagine after the shock wore off for the Niners, it was like fucking Jimmy, man. What, you know, just kind of mad. Not you're, you're, you know, like a parent disappointed in the guy. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You'd be better than this. You've been taught at the best school of football we've ever seen in the think tank that is New England. And then you came here with Kyle, who's on your ass. And to do that, like, we can't have that. You're not here to pick up first downs with your legs to begin with. No. we're paying, you, you have too much. You, you There's too much on the line. And we'll get into Derek in a little bit. Like, there's more on the line for quarterbacks. There just is. They get more praise. They get more shit. They get more money. And, and they deserve it. They are more. You're more important. It's It's sad to say for your teammates, but you are exponentially more important than every one of them combined <laughs> because you play, we got a chance. You don't, we done. Yeah. I mean, the offensive lineman, we done. The, when you make a pro bowl, you don't buy your quarterback a Rolex as a left tackle, right? You just Great do point. you quarterbacks rely on every, everybody else benefits when your quarterback's good. We saw it this year and everybody else suffers when he's not, or when he's not there and everybody else suffered this year including us, most notably, watching yeah, the 49ers we, without him. And I think part of this goes to, it'd be one thing, they, they think Jimmy's good, right? That's why they paid him. 
it'd be one thing if they knew. If I they, think anyone in football thinks Jimmy's yeah, we, good. Yeah, we all think right? he's good, but we don't know that he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. We don't know that he's a playoff winning quarterback. Part of this deal is, as an organization, the Niners had a terrible year. They got Jimmy. Okay, here's our chance. They've been working at it. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been working at this thing for a long I know it, they've only been there a couple seasons, but they have it's been. going on the third draft, guys. kind of adding yeah, up. A lot of work has gone in here, and we don't know, Jimmy, that you're a 16-game winner. We don't know that, and we're trying to get that answer. So we need you on the field to help us answer that question because we paid you before we had that answer. I don't know what we think. Game winner, they'd be in pretty good shape. Well, I just mean like a winner over. No, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> do you think they'd have the number one seat? Sixteen game winner. Do you think Musina did that a couple times? Yeah, I think they'd have the one seed. Do you think if they won sixteen games, if I told you next year they went sixteen, no, what are the chances Jimmy Garoppolo is the MVP? What would you say? Very high. 100%. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think podcasts uh, in other parts of the country are doing McVeigh or Shanahan? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's like Jimmy. You've played a total of ten games. You've been hurt twice. And both of them, the ACL was 100% self-inflicted. Remember the shoulder injury, he was rolling out and the guy was coming at him. Like, you got to live to fight another down, my man. You you now are no longer making 500 Gs. You know, and I, I think he's, what a year for him just to be like, bro, I'm in a different level. You know, you take out the porn star, you get nailed by cameras. Right. And then you get hurt and your team is in ruins like it was like yeah i mean it's unfair in the sense that because like you said even when you get paid like jimmy garoppolo didn't change but i do think he probably if he does go on to have a great career like he he, i bet he says like that was a huge maturation year for him i had to grow up it not in the sense that like i just had to be just smarter in everything i do yeah i mean i'm glad you brought up the off the field stuff because it's not it's fine. You do whatever you want to do. But, like, to me, the issue was not being aware that this was going to become a thing. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think he had no clue. And which, which is crazy. Now, we've all been on, you and I have been uh, on social media and following sports maybe in this way longer than he has. He's been in a bubble in New England. But it was like, dude, like, don't you, you don't realize what's about to happen here? And say what you want. It is harmless, but... I if given the choice, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have his quarterback in that situation. No, Jed York right. wouldn't have his the guy he just paid in that situation. He's trying to take I, him to like a kids camp, a play sixty camp. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was like that's the porn star. <laughs> that was yeah, well, yeah, it was that too. These are all like we say, quarterbacks a judgment position, and we got questions about some of the judgments, multiple judgment situations here that we wonder about. One hundred percent. Here's a good to to me. You get a lot of credit for like. Derek Jeter has better judgment than he was a player. Like, he was a damn good player, but the dude was a genius. Like, he was never popped, never caught doing shit, and he was notorious. Same with MJ. And I think sometimes it helps. Like, those guys were a big deal from day one. Yeah. I think sometimes it's hard when you go 0-60 to mid-career. And it's not mid-career because it's still early in his career. But he went from being a backup, just kind of – being being seen and not heard, right? And then everyone realized, like, God, this guy, the backup's pretty good. And then he had to play. So then he became pretty famous, but it was more like the legend of this guy because we hadn't seen him play that much. And then he gets traded, and then he's really good. Like, it, it happened overnight relative to quarterbacks, right? Like, usually 
when rookies start, if they're a first rounder, like we'd been talking about Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield or Josh for a while. Like Jimmy was kind of talked about, but he was a second round pick and then he didn't play. Yeah. Uh, there's another, just one more point on this before we move on. Before we get to that, though, let's tell the people about Untuck It. Great to have Untuck It on the podcast. Get Untuck It on your body. We've been wearing Untuck It. I see it everywhere. Ev- everyone's wearing Untuck It, John. I see the shirts everywhere. So I know everyone else uh, agrees with us that it's a great product. No guy looks good in a long, bulky dress shirt when it's untucked. It does not look casual. It looks sloppy. Don't look sloppy. Untuck It makes sure it's specifically designed to be worn untucked and look good. It's a perfect actually thing to be talking about on a Friday. I know. I, I refuse to look sloppy anymore. Uh, it's just too easy to look casual with an untucked shirt that looks perfect. The, the best part about it, guy, they're not too long. They're not too short. For that clean, casual look, you can wear at the office like I'm doing right now. You can wear on a date like I might do a little later tonight. You can wear, to, you know, go see your parents. You, you can do it anything. It's the greatest uh, just fluid shirt. works for any situation and they're comfortable, and they look good. Yeah. If you're sloppy, you're a slappy. That's what Haberman and Middlecoff say. Tall, sloppy, short, slappy. If you're, yeah, don't be a sloppy, slappy. Tall, short, slim, athletic guys of all ages love the fit of Untucked shirts. There's more than 50 fit combinations. Go to Untucket.com or visit one of Untucket's 50 stores across the U.S. and Canada. Use the promo code HAM for 20% off your first purchase. So if you want the perfect fitting shirt, regardless of your shape and size, try the original Untucked shirt and remember... Use the promo code HAM for 20% off your first purchase. I think it's easy to forget now a little bit because we've talked so much about Jimmy in this way that the pressure was kind of building on him this year early in the season, right? There were some expectations already this season. And it was well, like, I think you saw it right away like when people thought he played really shitty in the first game. Yeah. It's like, God, is Jimmy overpaid? <laughs> you know, uh, abs- that, that happened fast. We're always, I mean, look, I know what we think. Pick six in that game? The Minnesota, was that the Minnesota game? He did, but then he kind of bounced back. But remember the other game. Well, the Minnesota the game, game. Yeah, go ahead. He threw a pick six against Detroit, but there was a flag. Remember that that would have lost them the game. Like they almost started 0-2, right? Do you remember that? Yes. And there he was threw the pick six in the Detroit game. Your kind of heart dropped. Uh, it was like, oh, my God, did that just happen? And then luckily, wasn't it defensive holding? Was penalty, it was kind yeah. of a questionable call. Yeah. Like, he got bailed out. That's right. Now, he had played good in that game, but I just remember, oh, my God, the Niners just started owing too. I remember taking an Uber after the Minnesota game, and the guy bringing up to me, he thought, like, man, Jimmy sucked, huh? <laughs> like, well, I, think I think that, that – and I think people were looking for a reason, too, right? Well, think about this, guy. So, you do that. I think the Minnesota game was questionable. Now – it was hard because they haven't. They their defense was fully healthy in that game. It was the season opener. They were humming, so it was like okay. Then the next week, the wind band-aided. Like he made some plays in the Detroit game, but it turns out Detroit was really shitty, and that that pass could have cost them. They easily could have started zero two. But winning band-aids your problem. So you're like okay, we're one on one. Then we're going to Kansas City, and it was clear already. Like God, Kansas City's fucking good. Like this is going to be a barometer game. And then, boom, it's 24 nothing. You're like, oh, my God. You know, Jimmy, look, Arrowhead's going apeshit because it was uh, Mahomes' first two games were on the road because they started in L.A., and then they went to Pittsburgh. So, like, the, the Arrowhead hadn't experienced him yet. And then it was like Andy had clearly saved a couple for the home crowd, and it was like, 
oh my god jimmy does not look like mahomes <laughs> and then it, i think it was like it might have been 24 nothing at half i mean it was it was a blowout then they mounted this little comeback and jimmy started kind of okay this is the jimmy but they were going to lose so they were going to start one and two and there there was going to be tangible pressure and again part of the tangible pressure like it's a double whammy as we get in a car like cars pressure once you get paid the, the pressure quadruples but Jimmy's in this weird kind of sweet spot where he's gotten paid, so the pressure is just there. But he also hasn't really – There's the substance isn't there, right? You, can, you can't go like – the one thing you can say with Derek is like, God, if he can just get back to that 16 form, right? right? There's right. not like – can Jimmy get back to uh, 2015 when he start? Remember no, those three games? <laughs> you know? that's You're like, well, if he could just play like he did in that Miami first half for New England, but not the second half when he got hurt, but – you know, so it's this hard. Yeah, it's. I, I really think he's one of the most unique quarterback situations we've ever seen because it's clear he's really good. I, I do feel that, but you never quite know. And I, I've I was like this when I was a scout. Like, that's why I work in the media, not hyperbole, but I get overly excited. And I think football people will always like the coaches or even like football guy GMs will be like, pump your fucking brakes. Well, just see the. Let's just see this guy do it for a couple years. And I, in fairness to my takes, that is a very fair take because they have been proven right on a lot of like, yeah, one-year wonder type guy. Not, yeah. not even one-year wonders, but does he have the mental capability, which I think he does, but like you got to keep counter-punching because they throw punches, right? Defensive coordinators, players, uh, you got to – there was a great thing kind of went viral yesterday from our the guy that covers uh, Francesa. Yeah. And it was just like the clip from like the Brady football life on Gio Carmazzi. Yeah. And it was like a three-minute clip. And it was all Gio, and it kind of ends with Brady. Mm-hmm. Like on the first preseason game, Mooch is like uh, – because they were so high on him, right? Yeah, Walsh yeah. loved Walsh him. Loved Mooch him. loved him. He's like the, the, everything he I had, saw you all tweet the arm that. strength, the athletic that. ability. He's like, but the one thing you never know at quarterback is like – and you, it's impossible to even tell in college. Does a guy truly want it to get hit? Like can he handle it? And it should, there's a clip in the first preseason game. I think the, the Niners were playing in the Hall of Fame game because Joe Montana in 2000 was being inducted into the Hall of Fame. The Niners played in that game. Uh, also, it might have been the next week. It was Brady's first game. They m- actually might have been playing. They actually were playing New England. Someone from the Patriots must have been going into the Hall of Fame too. And Brady and Geo gets destroyed, and Mooch is like, it was pretty clear he didn't quite want it. And he's like, some people want it. And then they show a clip of Brady getting fucking destroyed. This was actually in the Bills game. So it was like... Uh, a little later that season once Bledsoe got knocked out and he gets just mollywopped and he gets up and he's so fired up, high-fiving teammates, like, bring it fucking on. And that's kind of defined his career, yeah, right? He's yeah. just, he, he lives for the juice. Yeah. And Gio wanted no part of the, just the physical nature. Now, you don't get hit quite as hard. And I, no one's questioning, like, Jimmy can hit. We just question, like, can Jimmy's body hold up? I don't think he's scared. He clearly is not scared. But that's not a that's not a smart way to be. Yeah. I, I think you can be too. Far well, I think together. he saw. I I would you be surprised if he saw how Tom the the reason Tom's teammates love Tom and was like that. I'm down. I'm tough. I can go do that same stuff, 
right? Well, don't you think get that's cracked, pop up, do Jimmy the first the down place? signal? Yeah. You know, he has yeah. that quality. No, no, I don't dispute it. He he wanted to run mm. the guy over. To your point on scouting, I uh, you'll like this because um, uh, I ran into my guy Yerman Srulovich, who's an assistant coach for an Israeli team. He's in the United States scouting, and we're talking about players. And I was, he was asking me about some guys, basketball guys. I'm like, honestly, I, I hate more more guys than I like. And he said, that's the key to scouting. You got to hate more guys than you like. It's like, oh, okay. I like that. I like that rule. If you hate more guys than you like, then you then you're being objective. If you like everybody, I'm sure you talk to coaches who would tell you, like, oh, all my guys are great. Like, okay. Also, he told me, John, there is an Israeli. He told me there's an Israeli lottery pick coming in the next year or two. I do think there's a balance, though, on – and it's a hard balance. I I do agree with that. You usually have to hate more guys than you like or at least be pessimistic about guys. But you can't be too negative. No, no. You've got to find some players. It's a hard balance to strike. You need some players. I'd say basketball is a lot different football. Just because you do have to isolate like a smaller amount of guys, even the guys you like, just a sm- like in football, you do have to be open minded just because there's so many fucking players. Right. Like you can find yourself like, do you hate everyone? Like <clears throat> who's gonna play our backup swing guard? Nobody. Right. Yeah. Next like, year we'll get them next year. You, you just it, it's it's difficult. Was did, was he saying there are any dudes in the uh, Pac-12? Uh, you know he was just he hadn't seen a lot of people yet. He was just asking. He was looking to see some guys, but yeah, I think there's some. Israeli level players. Uh, oh, he's looking to scout to get over in the Israeli. Yeah, bring some guys to Israel. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. He's on the. T- he coaches on the team with uh, Amari. He said Amari is back and better than ever. Like he's crushing it over there. Yeah. Well, I think their season doesn't start again for a few months. But he said Amari is. Is he bathing in wine? I don't know. Does Was he- that an Amari thing? Wouldn't shock me. It was like good for your uh, joints or something? Yeah. I don't know. How long has Amari been playing over there? Uh, maybe this will be his th- third year, third or fourth year. I think maybe 17 was his first year. How, do you think it's crossed Kobe's mind to go play in like Italy one year for $30 million? Yeah, definitely. But not because of the money. Just, just yeah, for the just cheering. Play. Just for the I documentary. Agree. Uh, all right. Ding, 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 ding. You see he's going to a lot more Laker games. Like I, I think he's a little like Peyton, like kind of misses it. Yeah. Bored out of his mind. Yeah. He took... You see, he took his daughter to the Oregon's women's game, and I was thinking, like, I wonder if she's thinking, like, I don't really want to be here. Kobe's, like, trying to do something cool with his daughter, but it all revolves around basketball. Well, I saw Steph (laughs) met the the Oregon star. Steph met her the other day. He what? Steph went, or maybe when they played Portland, the player at Oregon who has 16 triple doubles went and met Steph, Sabrina Ionescu, superstar. Oh, when they were staying. Like, like the Oregon has, you know, a superstar on its team, so maybe that's why Kobe wanted to. Oh, that Nike probably is going to sign or something. Probably, yeah. I'll send Steph under armor by one or two. Yeah, smart. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, John. But, I, I, but my takeaway more when I saw Kobe was that I think that he just, he's desperate. Maybe he'll play. Uh, I mean, if if uh, uh is going at 46 years old. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. That was my my first bell. I think Derek Carr is favored in the fight with Stephen A. Smith. I feel like this is. I feel like we're moving towards a place where something they're going to face off no, in some Steve, way. Stephen A. was favored, guy. Oh, Stephen A. was I favored. Thought, I thought the initial oh. odds. It's kind of crazy. Uh, like say what you want about Stephen A. I, I think he's scrappy, but I mean, I think playing in the NFL prepares your body for a certain level of physicality that nothing else. That, that media does not prepare you for. I, I, Rosillo had a great point. He's like, 
It's just fucking simple math. He's like, one guy's 51, the other guy's 27. One guy is literally lifting every day for the last eight years, preparing to play in the league, is much stronger, much quicker. It's clear if you watch Stephen A's career, he works all the time. He is not working out. It's just simple math. If he wasn't like a five-to-one favorite, this is a fucking joke. Just take down the odds. Five-to-one, John. I, I, I don't think, and I don't pretend to know, but you like I don't think we have an appreciate. Maybe you do. You were in the league. An appreciation for just how traumatizing on your body just a football game is. I'm not talking about neck injuries or CTE. I'm just talking about to walk into that, 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 that just war zone. I mean, I think it's just insane because it's not just what you have to do to prep to get there. Yeah. Well, it's not just, but to me, it's not just the prep. It's not just the work. It's not just what might happen to you, but doesn't, but the, the mental place you have to go to knowing that today could be the day they take you off in an ambulance and you don't walk. Like, you know that. So I'm just saying, like, your mind has to be in a certain place where knowing that you might get meme today on Twitter is just is not the same thing. <laughs> it's just not. No. But I don't – but, but again, like, that's kind of the point of this whole thing, right? Is like, Derek, you're playing football. Who cares what Stephen A is saying? Who cares? I, I- I mean, who cares what I'm saying? Who cares what you're saying? You, you're, you're playing football. You like that's what, that's what I don't understand. What players? I mean, I do get it because they're humans, like everybody else. The, the funny thing was, it really it was Max. It was that's Stephen A's whole point. Like you brought me into this. <laughs> I didn't even say it, but I. And I do think well, I'll say for this for Derek. Like, I thought it was kind of funny, but yeah, he's being sarcastic, partly. Kind of slash. Well, that's what I was telling. I do, him. I do like, think man. the guy. I, I think he looks at it like the guy called out his character. Yeah, which um, he does. Yeah, it's one thing to say I'm not. Him. It's one thing to say I'm not good. It's another thing to say, right? That I'm like, he quit. He tapped uh, out. Yeah. I, I I actually listen. I I I think I'm not a big Max Kellerman guy. I saw a quote that he had said yesterday once they responded to the response, and I do think this is fair. He's like, What's if he I clap say back? That, he clap back, John. Yeah, the clap back. The clap back on the clap back. He's like, I work in boxing. He's like, some of the greatest fighters ever have tapped out. The toughest men a lot. Like, if I say that you quit in an instance, that doesn't mean you are a quitter, right? The toughest humans in the history of America, you can even, you know, in any walk of life, like back in the gold mining days, like the Donner Trail or whatever, you know, it's just like you can just, it happens in MMA. People literally tap out. It, just because you tap out does not mean you're not a tough guy. He's like, he used the example of Eli Manning, who had one of the most, I would say famous tough guy performances in the history of the league in that NFC championship game. Remember when his helmet was sideways against the Niners with turf in the rain and he was just getting fucking destroyed. It was an all time great. A lot of people have said that Eli the last couple of years doesn't really want it. Eli has proven he's an all time tough guy. Now it just, he's richer or whatever. He just might quit in an instant. That doesn't mean you are a quitter. I will say this overall though, for Derek, whether I, Anyone around here, he's proven his toughness. He's played through injuries, whatever. Derek, you get paid 25 fucking million for a reason. To be the face of the franchise. When things go well, you get blown, as you did two years ago. And everyone was propping you up. And you were liking the retweets, and you loved it. Any human would. So when things go bad, your team was 4-12. and 12, You were not that good, and you haven't been that good the last couple of years. You have not played well. And I am an objective person that has watched your career and supported you every you know stretch of the way. 
I'm rooting for you to do well. I did not think you have, you didn't play as bad as the downing year, but I didn't think you were that good this year. Like, I, I don't give you that much credit for the check down Charlie. Like, I, that's, you had flashes, but you didn't sniff to me 2016 when you were an elite player. I know what an elite player looks like, and you were playing at that level. I have friends in the NFL that went to games that you played in this year and just weren't impressed. You know, that again, like you too. I mean, we were all saying you deserve the max money. Well, part of getting the max money is you get shit when it doesn't go well. That's part of being a quarterback. I also think he really needs to get away from, because one thing he hangs his hat on is he's a grinder and he works hard. And I remember Justin Tuck telling us back when we did a radio show from training camp, like, God, I try to beat him in there. I can't beat him in. Like, we get it, Derek. You work really hard. Guess who else works really hard? Steph, Brady, you name it. The best player. Michael Jordan did forever. The great players and the Tiger, they all fucking grind. They don't tell you about it 24-7. You, Because all we care about in pro sports is producing. So just go out and play better, and then people will get off your back. You, you can't, like, I'm just giving everything. No one gives a shit. That's the great part about pro sports. In high school, people care about that. Hell, even in college, you gain a lot of respect doing that. No, In pro sports, no one cares. No one gives a shit, especially once you start making a lot of money at quarterback. Get the job done or or, or not, but keep your mouth shut. I, you know, I'll tell you this, John. I don't even think that matters because I think ultimately. But I do think people just get tired. Like, we no, get no, it. Yeah, 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 they do. But I think the second part of your point, I think both things you're saying are right. I think the second part, though, vastly overrides the first part, which is. If you if you play well, none none of this other stuff matters. You don't gain anything. You don't lose anything. This goes back to what we're talking about. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, we think, is good enough to not be a great teammate. Like you wouldn't choose a guy to not be a great teammate or for his teammates to think he's a little selfish. But Carson, we think, isn't when he's healthy, an MVP level can carry a team, and in the end, that'll 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 override it. In the end, if you don't produce, how hard you work. It, people will respect you, but it doesn't. It doesn't replace being a great a great player. It just doesn't. Period. And I and I you know Mayock said somebody asked Mayock about it, and um, his quote was basically Derek Carr is the least of our problems. Um, we've got to protect him. We had. Would you see like he's like there's thirty two teams and there ain't thirty two quarterbacks and we have yeah. One. And and I do think to a like. What he's, I think, kind of what he's saying is, I'm, I'm here for player personnel. I'm not looking for a quarterback. Like, I'm looking for a bunch of other things because I think our quarterback's got it. But we gotta, we gotta make him great again, not, not better. We gotta make him great again. But, but I, I think here's the thing with Derek. Derek, no one thinks that, like, part of why people hold you to a higher level is because your talent, like. You don't have physical limitations like a Brian Hoyer or whatever. Like you've proven that you can play at a really high level. So now you have Gruden. People like you had this weird season where you had career highs, but it didn't look right. You, you, it's about winning. That's it's that's what pro sports is. That's what the NFL is. You got to fucking win. And you did not just win. Like you guys were getting your ass kicked this year. Now again, anyone that watched the team play, which I got news for you. UI and some people around here. Most people did not watch a lot of Raider games. You, you don't. You're saying people we do. did or we didn't? We did, yeah. but like Max and Stephen A. and just the majority of people around the country were not watching him play. You don't think Stephen right? A. is breaking down film? Kareem Hunt? Hunter but Henry? he just no, he ain't watching to begin with. <laughs> but even media members that watch, you ain't watching the Raiders. 
right? Yeah. You're just not. You don't watch four and twelve teams like the Raiders. You just don't. So Derek, no one's like, you know, but you had this real. No one saw it. it because all we see is like, yeah, your team was four and twelve. Your offense was really shitty, and you are a twenty-five million dollar quarterback. That's part of why you, Derek, you get more money because of the position you play. Like Tom takes a lot of shit over the years. Peyton Manning took like. It's there's shit to be given. That's part of the deal. It's it's to me it's hard to clap. Yeah, back and, and by the way, go ask like I don't know Brock Osweiler. There's a whole lot more where that comes from too, right? It can it can be a lot worse. I, and I I think it could have been fifty times worse. Who took most of the blame all season? Gruden. Yeah, took all the heat. Took it all, and rightfully so. The, like, and, and it seems unfazed by it. I don't know if he is unfazed by it, but at least he seems that way. We're like watching him. Well, he's in his element too on the field. Yeah, I mean, Derek blocked me. Who knows what I... I mean, it's like... that's. And you can block anyone you want. But it's like, Derek, are you going to block... I think he's been blocking a lot of people. It's like talking about the Raiders right now being shitty is not... Strong You guys are shitty. Yeah. You know? I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, You read the the Browns article. I did, yeah. Mayock, so so this is a... Let's just listen here. This is Mayock in the booth on the um, senior bowl senior bowl practice two buildings and, and i think the the common denominator of dysfunctional buildings for me has been a lack of a relationship and an understanding and a compassion between coaches and scouts what do you think of that having been in uh, functional and dysfunctional buildings uh we all have in different walks but you did it in the nfl um and i you know i think part of this is this started with John in this era. It's been going on for a long time with the with the Raiders. The reason I brought up the Browns article is the regimes keep changing and it stays the same. Uh, but the most recent one was in this building was Gruden and Reggie, and we thought there were two different factions. So here's Mayock coming in going, I've been in a lot of buildings. The common denominator when this dysfunction is communication. I love him acknowledging this. Like I'm in, he's saying, I'm in a building that has been dysfunctional. Right? That's just kind of acknowledging it. Well, it's pretty clear shotgun marriages in the NFL do not work. Pretty sure they don't work in regular life, right? Arranged marriages when owners force one guy to work with another guy. And when you look around the league, like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan happen organically. John Schneider, Pete Carroll happen. And I'm not saying the 49ers have been working, but my point is they've been harmonious at the top, which is important if you are ever going to win. Andy and Dorsey and then Veach. You know, it's the Packers forever that – it is not going to work if they're not on the same page. It's impossible. It's why the Raiders, even if they hadn't traded Khalil and Amari, they were destined to fail this year because Gruden was out to badmouth Reggie the whole time. It was stupid. It was a waste. It's just pointless. And, like, it's pretty clear. I mean, we already knew Mayock is really smart, but those two are guys are going to be like-minded humans. Now, they haven't had anything to argue about. Unified le- That means any- unified leaks? Brown style? Think how stupid that is. You know, I mean, it's just like un- no uncoordinated leaks. <laughs> like, okay, the, the Browns, man. I, 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 I do think that this can work, uh, but again, they haven't had a free agency or draft yet. They haven't. Like, th- when do when do the problems really happen in the NFL? Right when games happen. Like, it's one thing to argue during free agency or the draft. But at the end of the day, you're not being judged because you're going to get credit no matter what. Like when John – or not John Dorsey, but when Ray Farmer 
when they had the press conference with Gilbert and Johnny Manziel, what was that, five years ago or whatever, it was fun. Like, it was exciting. You didn't get shit, but you got shit the next year when it realized, like, Johnny was a drunk and Gilbert couldn't play dead in a Western. So it, you don't really find out anything till the fall. But I think Mayock knows that, like, he's been he's old enough, he's been around the league long enough, and he's friends with enough guys. Like, the, it's clear what makes or breaks something. It's not. I wouldn't even say it's the owner guy. I, I'd say it's it's just the harmony because you can win. I do think you could win with Jimmy Haslam if everyone's on the same page. Now it's difficult. I'm not saying that. But also, they it, don't. It might. It might. Could, it could be too big or Mayfield's just good enough to overcome a lot of stuff. Right. Sometimes a quarterback can band aid or one person can cover up for other people's inabilities. Would kind of my takeaway from that article, like if Baker is good enough, like Cleveland might be okay. That's my takeaway and too. That's what it did feel like a couple years ago with the Raiders. Like the Raiders were kind of a mess, but Derek and Khalil were kicking so much ass. It didn't matter. Right. They made the playoffs. Yeah. Look, but it's the, not sustainable there's because a, they, sorry, finish. It was sustainable because Reggie and Jack weren't, they were a shotgun marriage, right? They, it's not like Reggie didn't hire Jack. Now they did, operate together because i i do think it always spoke to like reggie will do what you want him to do and jack you know? doesn't want to watch a bunch of college prospects no it was kind of a win-win uh i, I would say reggie is a more of an outlier than most people in the nfl because he's not a leaker 100 we know that right yeah he hasn't leaked really anything since even leaving and i would have uh he's a collaborator he's, just, he's a collaborator and kind of he's a trying to please like he tried to work with Gruden. that's like, I don't think you're going to get that, Mike. There's, there's a theme here in this podcast now as I'm just looking at all the stuff we've talked about. Why is Antonio Brown a discussion? Because he's productive. Why is there pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo? Because he hasn't been. What is Derek and Stephen A. or Max about? Producing. What is Mayock? Like, all the stuff Mayock is saying is great. It's what everybody says when they get hired. Doesn't mean that it's not real. We just don't know because there's such an easy blueprint for the things to say until you produce whether or not the stuff you were saying really had weight behind it or if you were just saying the stuff that everyone wants to hear, right? That was one of the interesting criticisms in the Browns article was one of the things that uh, internally people were wondering after Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam had like their fourth press conference to reset things, the people in the organization were like, do they even realize they're basically reading from the same script? They're telling us the same stuff they told us the last time and the last time and the last time. The reason everything sounds the same is because the basic tenets of success are pretty basic. Like, you hear Nick Saban talk. He's not breaking trade secrets. Like, it's pretty basic stuff. Did you see the clip of Saban talking at the uh, Football uh, Coaches Association convention? No. What he, one of the things he said was that uh, you have a response. You know, it's the same stuff you've heard a lot of coaches say, right? You have a responsibility as a coach. How many of our players come from two-parent homes? Not many was the insinuation. How many of our players come from no parent homes or one parent homes, right? Plenty. He's like, I've got three guys in the back that played for me at Michigan State, and because they played for me, they're, they're just my guys, and they're always going to be my guy. They're always going to be my guys. I'm always going to be their guy. That's just the way it is. But um, the, the best way to get players to invest in you is to build relationships with them, to have communication with them. He's like, I know I can stand in the front of the room at an Alabama meeting room, and, and give a talk to my guys. And I know some of the guys are going to hear some of it. Some of them are going to hear some other parts. Some of them are going to zone out. Like the way you build a relationship with teams is in small groups is one-on-one. And he goes, I didn't think our coaching staff did a good job this year of building relationships with our players. I was, oh, my God, like kind of ripping some of his guys. But this is ultimately, 
I mean, it's a basic thing. Like everyone it, knows it, it, when it, you it, have it, a boss, is he in the building? Does he check on you? Does he care what you're up to? Does he care? Like that matters. And that's like, this is the task of Mayock here. We think of Mayock as like this film grinder. But what has Mayock been doing for the last 30 years? One thing you'd say about him, you ask anybody that knows him, they have a, a po- I've heard nothing but positive things about him. You know way more. You've heard nothing but positive things about him. He is good at relationships. I don't know if Gruden is, but I'm starting to think this guy who we just kind of judge is like this film grinder just out there wants football. This might be one of the skills that's pretty valuable, listening to him talk and just you hear more about him. Do you know what I bet Nick thinks? Is that when it was nut cutting time in that game and we got a little adversity against us, before, like, our guys were like, fuck this, we're going to, we're binding to get, this is a group effort. Now it was like, screw it, whatever. The coaches didn't really resonate with the players. And I think that's a big question mark for Gruden. Like, there's been some knocks, like, you know, players kind of read through his BS, like, are they going to believe in him? Like, I actually think that personnel, they might be able to figure it out. It's going to be the relation thing in the building that I do think Gruden is cognizant of that was always kind of a knock on him in Tampa that he just didn't give a shit about anyone. Yeah. And I think it's a hard balance to strike. You- uh, because if you win, like, it's pretty clear Belichick's kind of using you, but he's going to use you and put you in a great position and help you make money and help your career, so you're kind of in on it. Players do not do it when you're losing. And that's why I think this year with the Raiders is a good example. Like, the Niners and Raiders were both in shambles. But it felt like the Niners weren't really using players and, like, valued what they were bringing to the table. And Kyle clearly did a good job of relationships because they kept playing hard. Right. Like, with the Raiders, they just said, they fucking tapped out. Uh, you know, and obviously, like, Der- I'm not saying Derek. I don't think he did. He kept playing hard. Yeah. But the other guys were like, he might trade me. He might come in. He doesn't give a shit about me. He's talking about other players. I think that's going to be a balance. And you see this with GMs, even though Gruden is the GM and so is Kyle. But, like... Mayock is playing a front, like he's going to be a front man. He's going to help John out. They're like, John, you don't want to talk to that? I got it. And he can. Reggie couldn't. Yeah. So you, uh, I, I'll follow up on that in a moment, John. But let's just tell the people about mybookie.ag, promo code HAM. The, uh, the Super Bowl is a week away. So many great props. And it's the biggest game of the biggest game, the 53rd Super Bowl. Uh, big time teams. Don't be the ones sitting around. Rooting for this, watching this game with nothing to root for, my bookie gives you something to root for. And right now, when you use the promo code HAM, they give you a 50% deposit bonus. That means you put in 100 bucks, they add 50. You put in 200, they add 100. Uh, you put in 10, they put in 5. That's what's happening at mybookie.ag, promo code HAM. What are you seeing? I, I, I just went, uh, actually looked for the Pro Bowl lines, but it's just all props for the Super Bowl. Great. I mean, the props are incredible. I, I just pulled up, here's a, here's a unique one. Team totals. I used to love doing this in basketball. Love back when Kevin played for OKC, I'd always their team total was usually like 105, 106, and they, I always pounded the over. I made a lot of money. The team totals in this game, guy, individual team totals for the Patriots, twenty nine and a half for the Rams, twenty seven and a half. I you know it's a tough one. You, what are you gonna watch a Super Bowl cheering for unders, John? That's no fun. Uh, no chance. I, I, if anything, <laughs> I like the Patriots over 29 and a half. You don't think the Patriots are going to score over 30 points against this defense? Yeah, I think they will. With two weeks to, two weeks to prepare? So, again, you, you get all these props from Super Bowl MVP to the halftime, uh, you know, length of the halftime performance to the length of the anthem. It's just a fun time to kind of screw around, anthem. pick a couple. Even if you're just putting 20, 30 bucks, you know, you don't even put a lot of money, unlike the game, which you got to bet a little bit. Uh, mybookie.ag promo code ham. 
So are you? So it sounds like you're agreeing with the assessment. And I thought it was interesting. It's not about Mayock and players. He's talking about scouts. The I do think stuff starts and then filters down. And so, uh, if he's near that, he's dealing with people that are picking the players. I think all that stuff can can filter in a good way. Now, as you've said for a few years, when we've talked, when we've been around this time of year, you don't really know who's staying or who's going in an organization from a scouting perspective until after the draft. So we'll see. But and it doesn't matter because the players aren't really around these next couple months. Yeah. So it uh, it it doesn't really affect when there's weird shit going on. To me, it affects the season. Because the players, scouts, and coaches are together every day. So you just kind of feel it in the building. Where right now, it's just the coaches and the staff. So even if it is kind of there's some tension, which Mayock said that there is tension and that's healthy. Like there should be tension. when the, I got, We came in for a reason. This team has been one playoffs in 16 years. Like they need – now, again, people have been saying this forever. So words don't, you know – only go so far. Right now, all we have to talk about is the words. Yeah. We judge you, like we talk, said with Derek and with Jimmy, like in September, you win or lose, how you play. And I, they they get that. Uh, but I also think, like, for the Raiders, guy, they have three first round, they got three picks in, or four picks in the top 35 selections. It's arguably the biggest draft ever, you know, in, in the history of the league. The reason you got here. Is because you traded two former top five picks. One of them's borderline defensive MVP, and the other guy's a really, really good receiver. Like it's pretty crazy how you ended up at this point. It's it's better than even not to keep going back to the Browns, but the Ray Farmer first draft was like, and it, like GMs would kill to have the ammunition that Ray Farmer had in that first draft. What did he have? Well, it was I'm talking about the Gilbert. Was that his first or second draft? The the Gilbert and Johnny Manziel picks. It was first, right? I mean that's well, you for. You forget, like, he got Gilbert at nine, but he was at four. He traded from four to nine That's for right. Sammy Watkins, and then Khalil fell to the Raiders. That's the other interesting thing there was, like, they like they wanted they really wanted to trade back to the second round to get Teddy. Well, they wouldn't have. Right. No, because he went Teddy. the last pick of the first round, right? Yeah. So, uh, if you guys haven't read, if you haven't read the article, Wickersham had the great Harbaugh article a while ago, too. Remember that one? Yeah, he's had a good Harbaugh. He's had a good Brady one. Remember yeah. with the Guerrero and the Jimmy and the weirdness. He's had uh, some good. De- he's had good NFL deep dives. You know, I'm ready for. I'm, I'm ready for a. Uh, I'm ready for Kellen Moore to be an NFL head coach. Aren't you? Oh yeah. I mean, it's. I, I think deck. he's the next head coach of the Cowboys. It's he, well. Here's the thing that I think would stop that. Right. He's going to be the offensive coordinator. He so and they're uh, Jason Garrett's coaching the uh, the NFC right in the uh, Pro Bowl. Yeah, him and so, Tomlin. So Kellen Moore, you know, let's watch his offense, John, on Sunday. Uh, not Tomlin. Uh, Andy. And really, Andy's coaching. No, the game? It, it might be Indy. I, I don't know. I actually to think don't who know. The AFC. I don't know. No, it's not Andy. But uh, this is what we've been talking about. All these young guys are getting jobs. It's the reason it's hard for a former player to get a job is because, like, as young as some of these guys, because when you're 32. If you've been coaching your whole life, you didn't play in the NFL, then you've had probably you've you've 14 years coaching experience if you started interning or something. Yeah. Uh, but well, think for, about McVay's career started at 22 years old. Okay, so but for players it's harder because you kind of you play a little longer, you're older. Well, here's Kellen Moore played for Chris Peter. I mean, his resume is going to read pretty well, right? Played for Chris Peterson, kicked ass, kicked ass, was an incredible winner. And we always say he, like sometimes the guys who aren't superstars are good coaches. I do think he's one of the best, just pure college players, just yeah. college, yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. Do you agree there? I would agree. 
He was totally fucking agree. incredible. I would agree. Uh, then he plays in the NFL longer than I certainly thought he would. I don't know about you. I, I didn't think he'd get a year in. Somehow <laughs> made it five. Impressed. He's had stability. He's in the Cowboys organization. Um, nothing gets you a, a credit right now in the NFL like working with young quarterbacks, and that's what he's got the opportunity to do with Dak. The only question is, you know, Jason Garrett's kind of young. I don't think Jason Garrett's ready for the coach in waiting. If Kellen has success, guy, then Jason has success. He went from player to quarterback coach in a year. It's pretty unheard of in the NFL in your 20s. Did he back Dak up at any point? Or was uh, that? No, he was ahead of Dak and then broke his ankle and then his that, career ended. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he was there with Dak as a player, though, but not long. Yeah, just probably five months. I forgot months. about that. Yeah. Think about that. It doesn't happen normally this quick. Now, I would also player. say, John, how many times do we think we've identified the next guy and then it's just it's hard, right? Things happen. I do I, I do think this one reads though, like he's clearly a high level guy. Yeah. Like McVeigh and Shanahan, like their background, Shanahan put in a lot of time. Uh to me, this guy, he his dad was one of the more successful high school coaches, I think, in the history of the state of Washington. So he comes from a football family. Then he gets drafted by or excuse me, goes to play college for one of the best college coaches we've ever seen. And that guy loved him for his mind, much more than his physical attributes. Then these coaches he's been around, from Linehan to Jason and Jerry, they just love him. Like, Jerry's not signing off on this job if the Jerry and Steven don't think highly of him. Do you agree there? Yeah. Slash, I also think they value, like, it is cool to have a young guy, right? You do get credit, like, if you're good. Like, God, look at this guy, Kellen Moore. The chances, though, that if the Dallas Cowboys, let's say, have a top five offense this year, he's 30 years old next this fall. Like, he would be – how would he not get immediate head coaching jobs, right, at 30 years old with his resume? Former player, offensive mind, dad's a head coach. He thinks like a coach even when he played. Like, I think this guy could be a coach – have interviews next year, non-Cowboys. Let's say the Cowboys are in the NFC Championship game. But the big reason is their offense is just dominant. Yeah. And he's the OC, getting a ton of credit. Uh, what there's, I think average the last couple of years has been like seven and a half jobs open every year. It feels like it's hard to sustain that rate. Like there might just be a year when there's like four. Right. You, you'd think, but fuck, maybe not. But even if there's four, like wouldn't you interview this guy if it goes well? Like to me – he 1,000% is getting interviews next year if this goes well. But then I think if you're Jerry, remember a couple years ago, Dirk Cutter was getting interviews and they didn't want to lose him, so they fired Levy. It's different because I think Jerry loves uh, Jason. And it'd be hard to fire Jason on a year if they had success to get this guy interviews. You know, the other thing I wonder, and I don't know, I, I don't know this, but I do wonder, obviously – being a Cowboys coach helps you become a Cowboys coach. In other words, I, I think they like they like to promote. They know their own people. They keep people they like. They've got the money to keep people they like. They've done guys. Jerry's has personal relationships. Even Jimmy Johnson, he knew him from college. I, I do wonder, like, if Kellen Moore gets some job opportunity next year, if it's not a let's just say it's not a good one. Let's say some weird something weird happened. Let's say Freddie Kitchens gets fired, right, and the Browns are offering him a job. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I you do remember think, Jerry did this with Jason Garrett like that's seven right. years ago with the Dolphins. Paid him like at the time two million dollars as an assistant coach, or he was some number. It was like damn. 
Now, it's a little different because he's got such a great relationship with Jason, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Kellen just stick in Dallas maybe a year or two longer than an offensive coordinator would stick somewhere if he turns out to be really good, kind of McDaniels-ish, right, in New England because he's because it has the potential to be a great situation for him. doesn't mean he eventually takes over for Jason, but... Well, he's, I, Jerry's the best salesman, arguably, in NFL history. If anyone could do it, it'd be Jerry. Right? And wouldn't you, if Just, Jerry feels like they're close, like wouldn't he? Do you think he'd be afraid to? If he thinks Kellen Moore and Jason Garrett, like we're gonna we can win a Super Bowl with Kellen Moore as our offensive coordinator, but he's about to become a head coach. Who? I mean, Jerry's the first guy that would pay him big time money to remain as an offensive coordinator. Without a question, you know, I, I had an assistant tell me a couple years ago that at the time Scott Linehan was the highest paid offensive coordinator in the league. Really? Wow. And I think Marinelli was high up there too. Like. Jerry has no problem once he likes an assistant paying them a premium to keep him. I mean, he, he, to me, he kind of set the tone somewhat ahead of the curve, it feels like, when Jason was Wade Phillips' offensive coordinator. Because it was clear Jason at the time was like a 40-year-old former quarterback, looked the part, smart, right? He was classic guy that other teams would interview and hire. Yeah, Offensive coordinator, they were having success with Tony Romo, and he paid him – like Brett Venables type deal. <laughs> but God, Brett makes a lot of money. You see, he just got like a $300,000 retention bonus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm excited so, for yeah, this tonight. I, I do think, though, of all the hype on the guys, this guy was clearly born to be a coach, right? He just happened to be a really, really good player. And again, I'll, I, I will fight for Kellen Moore. Like when he's 50 years old and people, I'll be like, you don't, you don't have any clue. How good this guy was in college, you know, because it looked kind of goofy and geeky. I think this guy was left-handed. Guy, it was sweet. He's left-handed, uh, t- right? That's I mean, just thing. a dominant program. Yeah, this guy, this guy was sweet. Oh, but God. I also think clearly, you just look at his. Re- this guy was born. Like this guy's been thinking about on the wiki. It says that his dad. One of the things I remember reading: his dad in high school let him be the offensive play That's caller right. as a quarterback. So I, I think this guy is just a – was it Justin Wilcox? Someone on Chris Peterson's staff said, if I get this wrong – because remember Chris was like, God, he's just so short. We're going to give this guy a scholarship? Said that you could like – if this if he misses on this player, you can take away one of the scholarships I have to offer next year in recruiting or something. Remember? It was – like he had to convince Chris. Yeah. Because I think – I remember he saw him and was like, God, we're going we're gonna to offer this guy a scholarship? Right. I, yeah, I don't I, remember who that was, but I, I do think that this is just a guy that kind of like McVeigh was just born to do it. Well, the other th- yeah. And, you know, John, I agree with you. And I think the other thing is, let's just see how all these other guys. Let's see how this thing pans out here, because he's young like some of these other guys. But there's a difference, right? Which is he is a, he played in the NFL. He is kind of his. He looks like one of these modern McVeighites. But he really is more kind of traditional former player, former quarterback. Like, he's different. He's not well, the same. Exactly. He's not like – he's got the best of both worlds. He was around high school football his entire life with his dad being a coach. Then he went to Boise, who was like going on and taking on the world. Then he played in the NFL for a long period of time. So he's around Stafford, around all these high-level coaches. Then he plays for the Cowboys. So he's around the super bright lights. But then he deals with all – he sees all these personalities. So it's not like – can Cliff Kingsbury, who had like a two-year NFL career, like handle NFL guys? You don't really – like 
this guy's got a pretty good idea. Nadama can sue Calvin to death. Like he's kind of seen some his shit. First, I think right? his first touchdown was to Dez. Like I would say, you know, Kellen Moore is one of the unique guys. Like he is more equipped to be an NFL head coach, as crazy as this would sound, than Chris Peterson. Right? Just being around NFL players on a daily basis for like seven years. In that realm, yeah. I mean, Chris Peterson has a coaching experience though that would prepare but, him. But I, I'm just saying, like, just to just to understand what makes these guys tick. Yeah. Like I think sometimes college guys struggle with that, right? Like he gets like. By the I way, think he just gets it. I, first, I, I'm all in. First guy to sign him was. Sign who? Kellen. In the NFL was Martin Mayhew, who just got promoted. I mean, in the Niners organization. Just saying. I mean, you know, a few years out, maybe Kellen. I you, Underrated Martin Mayhew actually signed and drafted a bunch of good players. It was more their coaching was shitty. Like, I, I think he's clearly a pretty high-level guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you look at his tenure there of just. The Sues and the and the guys like the Golden Tate signing, you know. I mean, he's just, he's not as he's not like a laughing stock or anything. No, 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 no. He's not like Roseman, but he's not like Grigson, you know. Maybe Gr- Grigson you know, signed with the Raiders, that, John. What happened there? Did he end up? Getting, did Grigson end up signing with the Raiders? What? Uh, no. I thought that was going to happen. No, he did not. Oh. So um, you know, I guess you know he'll get another chance. His resume speaks for itself. <laughs> All right, on that note, uh, nothing better on a weekend than throwing on a good, casual, good-looking shirt, heading out on a Friday night. And, and you can do that at Untucket.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. Go uh, go do it. We appreciate the support. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM as well, 50% bonus. Yeah, thanks for everything. And uh, you know what I'm pretty excited for? What's that? Valentine's Saturday Day? night, Hoops is back tomorrow, and they're playing the Celtics, the Warriors. Yeah. And I saw someone say, like, it's going to be a drunk crowd. Saturday, eight tip-off. Like, that play's going to be fucking rowdy. That's It's just going to be a good television product. As long as the Celtics play well, yeah. like, in just a good game. Like, that play's going to be nuts. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's like a little pre-party for the Super Bowl for Boston. Yeah. They're just, you know, just World Series. They just want it. This Their Celtics are kind of figuring it out. I don't know. The Patriots are probably going to win another Super Bowl. They've had a pretty good run. Yeah, I'd, I'd say they've uh, they went from cold to hot really fast. I saw our former boss tweeted out like the television rating, or I mean the radio ratings. Yeah. And I just clicked on the link and I went to Boston. Yeah. And like I just like Zolak, you know, the guy that has the shows. And one of the shows did like a ten share and was one. The show that in the the other station that finished second did yeah. like a nine share. It's pretty damn so good. Mine sports talk radio is doing like a nineteen share in Boston. That's pretty damn good. Wow, it was there wasn't anyone any other market sniffed the power. That's incredible. Just, I hope these people have enjoyed their bonuses during this Brady and Belichick run. That's a lot incredible. of people have gotten made some cash. <laughs> there is no doubt. The Warriors have done that for some people too. All okay, right, I got this guy here to fix a fan. Okay. I gotta. All right, goodbye. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.